Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. notice that there is an abundance of prehistoric jungle here, and that's because this summer we've been continuing what our children inaugurated in Vacation Bible Camp, the theme of digging deeper using dinosaurs as a metaphor, that we would go deeper into biblical concepts, and today our biblical concept is prophecy. And you hear prophecy a lot, not only in the church and in Christendom, but in other world religions. You'll also hear it in political discourse. You'll hear it as people throw that word out. And yet, very few people understand what exactly a prophecy is. It's not your horoscope or a fortune cookie. Instead, prophecy is God speaking God's truth to God's people. And often this is done first through the oral tradition and then written down, but that doesn't have to be the means of transmission. Sometimes it comes first to us in writing. Sometimes it doesn't even come orally. Sometimes it comes through actions and the way we live. And in the scriptures, they were originally oral tradition that was then written down. And many of the prophetic books recorded in the Old Testament were just this way. The prophets spoke, their words were written and recorded, and they continue to speak God's word to us today. But why is it important? Why do we need prophecy? Well, what I just read for you from Deuteronomy lets us know that there was a time when God spoke directly to all of God's people. They gathered at Horeb, also known as Mount Sinai, to receive the covenant after they were brought out of slavery and bondage in Egypt. And they gathered there, and the presence of the Lord descended upon that mountain in smoke and thunder and lightning and simply terrified the wits of every Israelite. And they said, Moses, you talk to God, and then you tell us what God wants, because this is a little crazy. And they didn't have medicine for heart palpitations or anything like that, and so this was the safest way to do it. And God said, fine, I will do this. And so Moses became their prophet. God would speak to Moses, and then Moses had the duty of conveying to all the people what it was that God wanted them to know. This has continued This is part of the prophetic voice that ordained clergy in the United Methodist Church use, that we are called to the ministry of the word. And part of that includes not only explaining to you what the scripture says, but explaining what God has to say to us today, not only because of this scripture, but through this scripture. And for the Deuteronomy text, the people We're not in a place where they wanted to hear about this. They were all lined up on the River Jordan, like the starting line of a race, ready to go. And then Moses decides to speak at them the entire book of Deuteronomy. What do you think they were thinking? Is this over yet? That's what they were thinking. And yet Moses says some of the most profound and prophetic things in this Deuteronomy text. And they didn't listen because then we get all the rest of the Bible. But I don't want to spoil that for you. So let's focus for a minute on what prophetic voice is. It is when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon someone. Now, in the Old Testament, that's exactly what the phrase is. The Spirit of the Lord came upon me. 
In the New Testament, we see that the Spirit of God, also known as the Holy Spirit, comes upon first the apostles and then the disciples and has continued in Christendom, not only in the baptism, but in the laying of hands where we convey this Holy Spirit and receive it. So those of us who have been baptized receive the portion of God's Holy Spirit. And we receive this portion not only so that we can be connected and present with God, but that God can speak to us and that we are empowered to do God's will here on earth in our mission and ministerial work. And all of us have that. It's not just clergy. It's all Christendom. We are all baptized into the ministry of believers. Congratulations. You're all ministers. And the pay is amazing. Not but the retirement benefits are supreme. So this is where we find ourselves. And we've seen people abuse prophetic voice, yes? You've seen clergy abuse the prophetic voice in order to prosper themselves. I could stand up here and give you a whole litany of them, and those are just the ones that reside in Hampton Roads. But instead, I want us to focus on those who are doing something right, those who are embodying what it means to speak out. One of those was the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. One of his most prophetic utterances was a letter from the Birmingham jail that he wrote to other clergy to encourage them to use their prophetic voice to stand up for social holiness, social justice, and to ensure that all people could be valued as the beings of sacred worth that God created them to be. That's just one example of someone who heard God's call and could not stay silent. Now, there are plenty of people who don't stay silent and were trying to discern whether they're hearing God's call. Back when I first was serving a church in Norfolk, I had the opportunity to go down to Virginia Beach to the beachfront and the boardwalk and people watch, which is one of my favorite pastimes. And I'm walking around and there are people everywhere There's outdoor seating where people are enjoying food and drink and fellowship. There are street acts and corner gatherings where people are watching um, those who are either singing or playing an instrument or someone was eating fire one time. All kinds of stuff people are doing just to earn a few dollars. But then the further I walked, I came to a corner where there was a gentleman standing on a box. And he's got a bullhorn in his hand and he's yelling at the crowd. And beside him is a poster that made me stop and stare because I couldn't reconcile the juxtaposition of all of these words of hatred, violence, and pain next to the names and titles of our Lord God. They didn't seem to go together. And yet this is what he was yelling out to the crowds. And I stood there in absolute horror at what he was saying to people. He was telling people that God doesn't love certain people. He was telling the crowds that some of them are doomed to burn in hell. He was telling them that their only hope was to repent right now or forever be punished. And I stood there with a growing sense of anger. And I thought, this is not what God wants. But how do I know that? Well, I know because I have searched the scriptures. I have used the means of grace that we've talked about. I have prayerfully discerned and been in dialogue with other Christians. And over and over again in the scriptures, I see that it is not words of hate that God spews, 
but words of grace and love. God is using God's prophetic powers with, through people to call us to healing and wholeness, not to hurt and to separate. And so as he's calling out certain people, as he's telling certain people that they are doomed, I knew in the heart of hearts, in the depths of my spiritual being, that that was not God speaking, that that was him. But how do others know that? I found myself going, Lord God, please don't let them think this is you. Please don't let them think this is the church, the body of Christ that Jesus died and resurrected for. Please don't let others think that this drivel is true. And had I been slightly older and wearing better shoes, I probably would have walked right up to him on his box and snatched his bullhorn and set him straight. But that was then and this is now. And so I have found my prophetic voice sometimes. I have discovered that God does call some of us to speak in this manner to crowds of people. God has equipped us for this. God wants some of us to take this role in the kingdom. But it's not so that I can stand here and berate you and tear you down and make you feel as though you are not worthy. It is not so that I can stand here and tear down others who are not even yet with us so that they can feel unworthy. Instead, my job is to call us continually back to God, myself included, to call all of us into a deeper relationship with our Lord built upon faith, hope, and love. Because we need to be healed to do the work that God has laid before us. If we are to follow Jesus Christ, we have to continuously seek the fullness of the relationship with our Lord. And the prophetic voice helps to guide and steer us. Remember John the Baptist makes straight the paths of the Lord. Now he also got a little feisty with the scribes and the Pharisees. That's another sermon. Instead, I'm going to tell you about a time when I realized I had a prophetic voice. When I realized that God was calling me to this. I had already been in ministry. I was well on my way to ordination. And during one of the darkest, most tumultuous times in my life, I succumbed to a sickness that I didn't even know that I had. I did not realize that I was even predisposed to this. And it happened so quickly that way. The mind becomes weak, the mind gets sick, and next thing you know, you've done something that you never thought you would do. And a week later, you may do it again until it becomes a daily act, and next thing I know, I was several months into an eating disorder. And one day, I was kneeling on the tile floor in the second-story bathroom of the parsonage, and I had done what I had been doing, but to my mortification, I was now looking back at something that terrified me. I was looking at a color that I associate with power and authority. I was looking at the crimson color of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit. I was looking at a color that I know is life when it's in the right place. And I looked at it and I had never seen this before. And I was frozen, and there was nothing I could do because the fear was so great. 
what had I done? What have I been doing? And there was nothing I could do. And I just sat there staring until finally this voice said to me, this is not what I called you for. I didn't call you for this. I called you and equipped you to do my work. And you are destroying yourself. You are killing the vessel through which I need to work. And I love you too much to leave you like this. And I realize now that when God was speaking to me, God was trying to call me into account and make me stop something that was not only hurting me, but was going to prohibit me from doing the work that God had placed before me. And I sat there and God's words just kept ringing in my head. I didn't call you for this. And there in that holy moment, in that very profane place, I made covenant with my God. And I swore to the Lord that if I ever did this again, one more time, that I would pick up the phone and call for help. And God said, I am with you. My presence is stronger than you think. Your faith must be stronger than your fear. Your trust in me must overcome your doubt. And I am with you every step and all of your days. And you cannot do this. I covenanted with God, and by God's grace and strength, I have never succumbed to that again. There have been times where those sick thoughts have crept up in my head. There have been times where the body starts to ponder and my spirit shuts it down. But I can only do that. It is only possible because I recognized God's voice when God spoke to me. If I had not known the voice of the Lord, I would never have heard. I might never have listened. And God only knows where I would be right now. But because my parents had raised me in the church, they had nurtured my faith, they had involved me in children's ministries and youth ministries and ministries as a young adult to bring me to a place where I recognized the voice of God. And it was a cacophony in my head until that point. I heard my expectations, my fears. I heard the sickness of my mind and the perversion of my body calling me to do things that were more unholy and detrimental than helpful and healthy. I heard other people's expectations and my fear of failing them. I felt completely out of control and the lure of chaos to just descend into madness. I heard all of those voices. And then in the silence brought on by my fear... I heard God. People ask all the time, why does our church focus so much time and energy on children? And why are we striving to do the same for youth? Why are we spending thousands of dollars on vacation Bible camp? Why are we convinced that we should be launching a worship service on Sunday morning specifically for children? Why? Because the day will come in their lives and they need to know God's voice. 
They need to be able to recognize that God is speaking to them, not just for their own health, safety, and livelihood, but for ours. All the prophets of the Old Testament used to rebel against God's request for them to be prophetic. Noah had to bear the burden of knowing that the world was going to be destroyed and that something new would be rebuilt, but all of this would be forever lost. He had to bear that in his prophetic witness. Then you had Jeremiah who said, I am too young, Lord. I cannot do what you want me to do. And God said, I have known you since you were in the womb. I know exactly who you are, and I am still choosing you. Other prophets, Moses had five really bad excuses for why he didn't want to go lead God's people, including, I'm just scared, send somebody else. And God said, no, I've chosen you. You, who is on the run from a capital murder charge, I have chosen you. And then there's my favorite prophet, Jonah. I love Jonah because Jonah actually extends the kingdom for us in the Old Testament. We often think that the incorporation of other peoples happens in the New Testament, but Jonah subtly does it. Jonah receives the call from God to go and preach to Nineveh, the enemy city. His people cannot stand them. He has been raised to hate them and viscerally hate them. And God says, I need you to go there. I need you to preach to them so that they will repent. Jonah goes, absolutely not. I want to watch you destroy them. I'm not going to go help you save them. I don't want to see those people repent and get your grace. No, I'm getting on the ship over here and I'm leaving. Peace out, God. And God says, no. And God followed Jonah. And because of Jonah's word, because of his prophetic embodiment, which, by the way, he never does really like. It's a great story. God is able to save an entire city of enemies of the Israelites because of what Jonah does. So tell me that it doesn't matter that every child learns the voice of God. Tell me that it isn't important that every single person, child, youth, or adult in Crozet learns to recognize what is prophetic and what is sin. Because there are voices out here bombarding us, telling us what is right, telling us what to do. And if you can't recognize God's voice, you are susceptible to that sin. And all of us need to recognize that somehow in our lives, God will open up an avenue, break open a door so that we can use our prophetic voice. And it may be a prophetic ministry in our house. It may be a prophetic ministry at our jobs, in our schools, to our neighbors. But God is asking us to speak God's truth. And prophecy is not meant to tear down. It is meant to bring about healing and to build people up so that they are able to enter into the kingdom to come. It is not to cast them aside and out, to cripple them and make them feel unworthy. Instead, it is meant to equip us for walking into the kingdom and enjoying eternity with our God Almighty.
And we have to teach people to hear that voice. Our sinfulness doesn't just infect our hearts and wield itself in our hands and in our words. Our sinfulness makes us deaf to God's voice. And if we don't teach people, if we don't use the means of grace, if we don't search the scriptures and gather together for worship, if we don't hear the ministry of the word, if we don't seek to continually grow in our love for God and for others and in our wisdom and our knowledge of what God would have us do, then we are making ourselves tone deaf to God. And the cost is too high for that. All of the prophets who have suffered and died to bring God's truth, all of the people who have suffered and died because God's truth was not brought. We are here and being given the greatest gift of hearing our God call our name. Of all the people in all the world, God is going to speak your name and invite you into the kingdom. And once you realize that you have that golden ticket, you have to help other people hear that they do too. For this we have been saved. For this we are called. And by the work of the Holy Spirit in God's church, we are equipped. And because of God's Spirit with us here and now in all of our days, we are empowered. Thanks be to God for those who have spoken God to us so that when our time comes and we need to hear God's voice, we will recognize it above the voices of all others. We will be able to hear it over our own sin-sick selves. And we will be able to triumph and help others discover that same victory. Oh, what a wonderful, blessed victory we have in Jesus Christ. May we preach that using words only when absolutely necessary. May it be so. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one now and forever. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.